Welcome to another edition of the Bones of Advertising. I'm Craig McLeod and you are? I know the other way. I'm, on the other way. Oh, doesn't matter. I'm still John Douglas, but today. Yes. Today I'm particularly excited, very excited. In fact, we have a very, very special guest. I don't think there's enough varies in the world to <laughs> precede that very, very special guest. I'm going to just, um, I've written them all down no on a very yeah. long piece of paper because <sighs> there's so much stuff that our guest, Beck Brideson, has done over the course of her journey that is just stunning. Um, you were... Well, I better welcome, J.D. You haven't even said welcome. Welcome, Beck. Lovely to have you on the show. No, 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 no. We're going to get to that. I'm, I'm going to do the uh, I'm going to do the introduction because there's so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> this woman, Craig, yes. unbeknownst to many people now, but when she became the creative director of an advertising agency in Australia, she was the youngest female creative director ever in Australia. Wow. Ever. And only one of, I believe I've got this correct, 3% of women creative directors in the world at the time. She then then got sick and tired of idiots in advertising, usually older white men, um, and and started her own agency, Venus Advertising, which was, now I'm going to get this, I'm going to get the fact wrong here, I'm sure, but it's 0.1 of 1% of agencies, advertising agencies in the world that were started and run by women. Am I, is that correct? Correct. Is that correct? And and in that time, she pioneered gender uh, intelligence in marketing and, wait, one more key point. <laughs> you, um, you have developed a way of helping people understand how to use a gender lens, which is something that is quite often overlooked in, in, in marketing, a gender lens to help drive profitability and differentiation and distinction in marketing and in communications with. Have I got that right? Welcome. Welcome. Very, 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 very special guest, Beck Rodson. How are you, Beck? Thank you. That makes me feel wonderful to hear my resume said out loud in that way. Thank you very much. Oh, pleasure. Pleasure and honour. <laughs> and you're Quite for me. Um, welcome. Welcome. Thank thanks, you for being um, very great me, to uh, on the show. Let me start. I, I, I'm going to give, I'm going to plug. Beck has written a book, <gasps> an honest-to-God author. Hang about. Where is it? Blind spots. Click, click the page. Don't put it in the blind spot, JD. Make sure we can see it. It's sort of Sorry, being, there spot. we go, back there. There we are. Blind spots. Yes. It's a fantastic read. It's a fantastic read. But anyone who actually wants to do business in Australia, a great read. Fantastic wow. read. There's a great point in there that um, uh, says that although many advertising agencies have women managing directors, have women creative directors, have women in the creative department, they are working to a rule book that was originally written by men. And I'd like you to unpick that just for the moment. Thank you. Okay. Pick over that bone for the next 15 minutes. I'll be delighted. That's the bone we're on. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, gender is a great big subject and there's lots of different, depending on who who you're talking to, who your audience is, what they're referencing. Gender could mean gender preference. Gender could mean gender identification. Gender is really packed. So I guess... In this instance, we're talking about gender as a workforce or as an audience, either one. 
Yeah. Well, let's go with the audience because I think... Gender as an audience, okay. Yeah, let's, let's do that. A great piece of data that I like to use for this is a tool that a research company has where they track your eye movement while you're watching, say, a TBC or a piece of um, video content, and they can see where women are really highly engaged or disengaged, and they can see where men are. And then when they plot that on a graph, you can see there are some commonalities where they're both, you know, leaning in and really engaged with it. But they're quite different when, you know, depending on the piece they're watching, they can be really quite different. Men's interest drops off, women's interest peaks, and that just shows how different we respond to that communication. And then they draw a green line in the middle of the, you know, blue line male, red line female, then they do a green line and go, so that's the middle piece and they they call that homogenous and, well, we'll go for that, we'll go for that, you know, a strong middle piece, which is missing the opportunity to really engage with the male audience or the female audience. Ideally, you know, you, you can create a piece of communication where everyone's eyeballs are on it the whole time and, and they're both having the same response. But these are the things that um, we can test and measure to work out where to get the best commercial gain. Yeah, yeah. So that, that seems like that classic piece of, uh, of targeting and trying to be all things to all people when if, we, if you properly target something and you properly craft something for a specific target, you're more yeah. likely to be more profitable for the money you spend. Is that yeah, that's it. And I mean, there is data to support this. Um, there was a piece of research done about a decade ago by a guy who's since left the industry, but he tracked 10 years of global research and he found that over those 10 years of um, TVCs being measured, that the most common element amongst it was gen- amongst what was liked and disliked was not what country you were from, but what gender you were. So, you know, like how much proof do we need? We're allowed to like different things. We're allowed to identify with different genders and that's where the strength is. And that's when, um, going back to your earlier point about advertising being built through this male lens, that was because when, you know, business started, when advertising started, the landscape was full of men. And so, of course, we learned to do it the way that was more natural. Um, it, it doesn't mean that it is the right way for now, but that was the way we inherited. And, you know, that's where we're at is a, an opportunity to say, if we look at this from a um, non-biased perspective of male, what else do we see? And we see more, you know, we can see more than gender. We can see culture. We can see um, equality in so many other areas. Yeah. So, Beck, what about on that line, when we're talking about the green line and the red line and the blue line, have you noticed any difference in the campaign that have come out since you've been really focused on this where people are targeting to the red line or to the blue line or is it still this homogenous try and please all strategy that's implemented with comms? Yeah, I think that can often come down to budget. And so I've seen, say, an automotive company say, all right, this ad is clearly going to target females. This will clearly target males. Um, and I think that has, has seen some good results. But, of course, budget, media dollars, you know, stretching all of those things in, in a country the size of Australia is challenging. Um, I think through social media we've been able to see that targeting really more obviously with data proof. Yeah. So all of those bits, you know, once you can, data is going to prove everything at the end of it. And I and that definitely we're seeing we're seeing the needle move. 
Um, some people are still mired in the let's just target everyone and don't really care. That's where the opportunity will lie in, you know, in, in the future when new marketers come in with a different lens. Absolutely. And, J.D., you were uh, a little hesitant to, to talk workforce when we went straight to audience. And uh, I'd love to poke that if possible, you know, and, and have a chat with Beck about workforce as well, particularly given, you know, the circumstances we find ourselves in. But I, I'd really like to hear from you, Beck, on that as well, like from the workforce point of view. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, having started my own agency and those stunning facts, JD, thank you for the um, data on that. I do, my um, I'm, I'm, big, I'm very he's good at with the numbers, Beck. He's really good with the numbers. <laughs> so, um, there's a United Nations report which tracks women in business and what happens when you're a female business owner. Now, that's you know, I've seen the glass ceiling once in the advertising agency landscape. So I started my own agency. I've seen a different kind of glass ceiling. Um, there's a, a fact around procurement of women-owned business that there's 1% of global procurement dollars that women receive and 99% that goes to male-owned business. So it's a really hard cycle to break. Wow. You know, you go out to start your own, but it's really hard to... Um, you know, continue to, to be able to have those opportunities that you would have if you were a different gender. And, you know, it's it's also in um, the world of founders and startups. Um, women have received 2% of venture capital. People of colour have received 3% of venture capital. Like, you know, the money is really sitting with a certain population in the world and it's really hard to break in and change exactly. that dynamic. Who would that be, Beck? I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to (laughs) other anyone. So how does that, How is there a way of helping people who operate agencies, who run agencies, is there a way, is there a couple of tricks they can can do, a couple of things that they can implement that would help them, that they would immediately see better results in terms of creativity, in terms of uh, targeting, in terms of, uh, community, uh, consumer engagement. Are there are there anything that that people can sort of start just just being aware of even? Yeah. So, do you mean um, women-owned agencies or just any agency? Any agency. Sorry. Any agency. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I think that the implementation of gendered lens thinking is a really good and easy way. It's just to say, all right, we're seeing this from one perspective. If you look in the room and see, you know, there's too many of one type of person it might be age it might be race it might be um able-bodied it might be um sexual preference or or you know lgbtqi then go well uh, is this reflective of our audience and if not what can we do to you know mix up that room so that we do then ask every person around the table and say how's it working for you and you know creativity is such a experience of collaboration and that's where the joy is so if there's only a couple of people representing the thoughts of the many then we're only hearing the couple of people yeah um you know so we need to have more voices and we need to be able to to make sure we're reflecting the experience of our customer yeah yeah. that's the easy one so it's so it's essentially, and we've Craig and I have banged on about this for many what thirty episodes now. It all comes back to the customer, is what you're saying. Yes, it's called customer centricity. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Someone else concurring with us on the actually building campaigns for the people who we might want to engage. <laughs> what do you mean? 
Yes. Imagine that. That's just that's stunning. And um, in terms of, uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much of your valuable oxygen, Beck. But is there anything that? Um, so when when it comes time to share your ideas with clients and um, uh, share your uh, how you judge a, a piece. So if you're a 45 year old white male creative director and you're selling tampons, for example, how do you know that the idea that the creative team's come up with is actually going to resonate with the market when you've actually had absolutely no visceral experience with this whatsoever? Yes. Yeah, well, so you're saying like a creative team comes to you, you're the creative director, how are you meant to know? Yeah, I, I, I guess that's, you know, that's where a lot of people lean on research to tell you the answers. Yep. Um, and I think research is fantastic when it's conducted in the right way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have to have walked in a pair of shoes to know what the journey might be like, but it sure helps, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I, it would be very hard for me to write an ad about that moment of the first sip of beer with my mates at knockoff time because I've never lived that experience. I can imagine it, but I've never lived it, so I probably can't sort of write from the soul. Yeah. And and that's where I think, you know, different people, different experiences, we need more difference in advertising. Here, here. Can I pose Absolutely. a question to you? Just about the last eight months, I'm, I'm really keen, and this is something we've, we've traversed with most of our guests. Over that period of time when we've seen some real difficulties in agencies and I guess some rationalisation, have you noticed or can you share anything on the gender bias in that rationalisation? Has it been something that you can say, yes, it's clearly been, again, the same forum that we've seen right throughout the history or has it been something different? Has, has, it, has it been, you know, different to what, what it's been like for such a long period of time? I can't speak with, um, with knowledge, like with, with absolute um, inside knowledge of what has happened in the agency landscape. But I will say from a sort of social perspective, what I've heard a lot about is women are um, picking up a lot more of the housework as well as the work. So that's been a strain in households, I think. You know, it used to be that women were performing four hours more per week than men and now it's five hours and um, I'm not sure that the correlation is the same with men doing more around around the home. Um, and the other thing is the way our government has addressed the recovery and there are less jobs being opened up for women and more industries being invested in that have been traditionally for men. So there's a big fear that there's going to be um, what they're calling the bloke recovery and then the pink recession or the she session is going to be yeah, what, what's going to happen? You know, women women are going to be the ones who are unemployed. And that is, you know, that's a really sad fact because not looking after women's economic um, well-being is to the detriment of society. Women invest more in health and education with their children. When we don't give women economic security, then, you know, everyone misses out and our gross domestic profit decreases. Yeah. yeah. Incredibly. How you feel about that? under 35 incentive the government have offered and if you're currently on job seeker that the employer will receive an $800 a week payment to employ people under the age of 35 now keen to get your thoughts on that as well 
Yeah, I mean, ageism is just the next, you know, the next frontier for us to conquer because there's a whole lot of intelligence leaving the industry because, you know, margins have had to be cut everywhere and people are not valuing the wisdom of anyone with, you know, two decades of experience and they're instead picking up some younger, more inexperienced, cheaper talent. That's that's a dreadful thing across any industry. I was floored by the fact that under 35 for mine, I would have thought it would have been above 35 because there is clearly going to be less opportunity for people with, as you say, potentially 15 to 20 years experience being able to make their way in, whereas a subsidy of $800 makes it far more plausible or maybe palatable in a tougher time to consider someone in that situation. Mm, absolutely. It's, yeah, I mean, the the, the decision-making has been... Um, questionable often you know I'm I'm not saying that I think all the leaders are doing a magnificent job under the circumstances but there needs to be some kind of you know recourse some some rediscussion of of these decisions because if they listen to what the audience the customer is looking for it's not this if you were prime minister here you go if you were prime minister for a day what would you do like just as a just as a parting thought Vic what would you um what if you had a magic wand, JD? Tiny one for you, Beck. Just uh... yeah. No, well, look, I'm going to I'm going to reference um, again data because I love I love what data you know and the explosion of the digital environment has done. Um, you know, for instance, you know, women have been cold in offices forever, and I can see Craig that in your huge office, you're a little chilly up there. But anyway, <laughs> see that's caring. See, that's someone caring for you, Craig. Never forget that. <laughs> Air conditioning in offices is set to what works for a typical uh, male and their, you know, what, what temperature is, is most mild and, and um, conducive to a good working environment for them. For women, it's two degrees higher. That's why women sit there and complain all winter about being cold. Um, the The... Crash test dummies up until 10 years ago were all based on a male physiology and body type. And so women, more women would die in car accidents and it wasn't until someone said, hey, well, maybe we need to have a female-shaped crash test dummy. So, you know, time changes these things. If I was in government for a day, I would get all of this data and I would put it in front of all the ministers and I'd say, look, we're talking about different groups of people. Let's make sure we meet everyone's needs here, not just the one easy, one size fits all, you know, person that we've we've looked after before. Let's make sure we're we're, we're looking at everyone. So I think that would be, and I think we've seen female leaders around the world with that approach. Yeah. Is they see everyone, not the you know not, not the cookie cut out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here, here. Oh, okay. Well. I think JD, that's uh, that's another edition of the bones of uh, of advertising. And have you got uh, have you got a parting thought for us, my friend? I um I think it uh, as as Beck was saying, it all goes back to the customer. I will a little story from the the book. I'll just uh, I'll plug the book one last time. The um the very first uh, marketing pitch was aimed at a woman. You think back to the Garden of Eden. And who did the snake try and sell the apple to? Not the bloke. So I, I think we just go back to, as we always do, <laughs> things. it's the customer, the customer, the customer, and um, you pick, a, pick a red line or pick a blue line, don't go near the green line. Essentially that would be uh, 
that would be my uh, little uh, the takeout from the day. But thank you very much. Thank you, my friend.